This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to The Love Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Hello, Terry. Hey, Rich. How are you? I'm very well, and thank you for being my saviour for allowing me to discuss Eleven with yourself, which gives us content for the Thursday, which is always good as I scramble to get more guests in the future. But I'm quite excited for this because it's a, it's an area that we surprisingly haven't discussed in the My Eleven series so far. Yeah, I mean, it's only taken a, a couple of postponements um, and a national lockdown for you to finally convince me to do a My Eleven. Um, and I think I was dodging it mostly for the reasons that I, I, I hadn't come across anything that was would have been anything different to what a lot of other a lot of other guests have sort of covered on their my elevens. I, I get the feeling, you know, most of us when we look back, we're we're all of a similar sort of generation in so much it's going to be dominated by one or two teams. If we, you know, the, the early nineties team, perhaps you know Andy Andy King's team of the. Um, of the, the 2003-4 period, um, and then and then De Canio's team, and, and and so I didn't, I wasn't sort of, didn't want to just do another sort of my favourite players eleven because it's going to be so similar to a lot of others. So, you know, we um, as I said, it's taken a, a national lockdown and a couple of postponements to get us here, but hopefully we've got we've got an interesting angle and can talk about 
some some players who, for one reason or another, haven't really been covered, but but should be close to our hearts as Swindon fans, being a hashtag one of our own. <laughs> okay, then. So before we get to the eleven, I do like to uh, be nosy and and see what what you're all about in terms of Swindon Town. So how does a guy like you end up supporting a team like Swindon Town? <laughs> Uh, I guess it's a, a similar story to many, right? But it, it, my, my, I didn't really have any choice. <laughs> my, my dad, um, my dad is a, is a, is a Swindon boy. His his parents moved to the town uh, in the fifties, um, just before you know, fr- from from the east end of London, just before my dad was born. And um, yeah, he he, my granddad wasn't a big wasn't a big Swindon fan. He was a Millwall fan and sort of kept that with him. Um, but my dad sort of growing up obviously wanted to go and watch football and, and lived half a mile from the county ground so ended up going to watch it um, you know going go to watch us and after spending his teenage years flirting with uh, following leads up and down the country for a period um, he, he, he always sort of highlights a story and I don't know exactly when it was but it was FA Cup quarter final day and you know, there, there will be factual errors in this, but the story goes that he had tickets for Leeds away at, I think, Southampton in, in, in the FA Cup quarterfinal and Swindon were away at Aldershot on the same day and he had an epiphany on the platform at Swindon Station and uh, sold, gave his gave his ticket to his brother-in-law who he was travelling down to Southampton with and, and went and watched Swindon at Aldershot instead and, and the rest, as they say, is history. So, um, he you know, he then became a, a big Swindon fan and, I sort of got dragged along to my first game when I was five, um, opening day of the of the ninety two ninety three season, and it's been downhill since there. Swindon Town one, Sunderland nil. The famous Glenn Hoddle, well, one of two famous Glenn Hoddle goals, the only two he scored. But oh, what a way to start! Yeah, what a way to start. And then you know, it's funny. You know, I don't remember much about that day. And- or any or, or much about anything of being a five year old and you sort of create memories from pictures and stories and videos as opposed to as opposed to what you remember, right? So I know that that was my first game, but when I think of that game I think of Glenn Hoddle's goal from the cameras from the camera angle rather than from from the front row of the Stratton Bank, which is which is where I would stand from quarter to two every every Saturday. And um, you know, I, I love I love looking back at uh Highlights from the from that season and the season after, where where town fans still had half the, half the bank. Um, yeah. And you know you can see my my freckly little ginger face right squeezed up against the barrier. Um, you know the same spot every week, and and I loved it. And I've I've been a a massively obsessive football fan, Swindon fan ever since. My brother and my and my dad sort of flit in and out, um, but for whatever reason the bug got me bad. Um, a little bit, a little bit worse than it got with the rest of my family, and you know, it's it's gone on to dominate my life. Really, um, there's a couple of crossroads in my life where where my love for, for for this club and for football have sort of sort of dominated everything else, and and I ended up um, walking away from a aerospace engineering degree to go and study sports journalism because I found I was skipping lectures to 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 read sports books and, and, and watch football and thought, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. And, uh, you know, so it's literally completely sort of dominated the trajectory of my, of my life, my career, and, and ultimately, you know, how I met my wife and my family. So 
yeah, I mean, it, it dominates pretty much everything for me, which is uh, which is uh, an interesting, an int- I guess, in some eyes, a bit of a sad, a sad statement. But um, yeah, the bug got me bad, that's for sure. And I, were you ever Swindon based? Yeah, Swindon based up until I was um, up until I was a working a working man, really. Um, on and off, we 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 lived abroad as a family. I lived up north for a couple of years, so I was I was exiled in Cheshire for a couple of years, which meant. Lots of trips to uh, Stockport and Stoke and Macclesfield and all of those other sort of lovely outposts. Um, and yeah, but you know, we, we were primarily Swindon based. And, and when I was really sort of really a, an ardent fan, sort of home and away every single week, I, I was Swindon based completely, you know, 17, 18, 19. Um, went to New College in Swindon and spent my weekends traveling the country and, and, and loving every minute of it. Uh, it was only it was only when, only when I went to uni and, and then graduated that I sort of moved up to London and have now become one of the uh, one of the exiles in in our in our fine capital city. Are you a member of the London Reds? Uh, I am officially part of the London Reds WhatsApp group. If that, wow! If, if that is if that is by definition a London Red, then guilty as charged. Although it must be said. I think I joined that uh, that particular clique as most of the London Reds drifted to be ex-London Reds. Still very much Reds, but very much ex-London now, I think. Having talked to you in the past, I know you are a connoisseur of the away day, um, the uh, the experience more so. But tell me about your stag party, because I'm pretty sure it was, uh, was Swindon-based or Swindon-related. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'd love to know how this has worked to go back to you. Yeah, the infamous the infamous stag party. So, um, look, there, there was I got married in uh, summer twenty seventeen. There is um, th- there were always a couple of non negotiables when it came to my stag do, and, uh, and one of them was that it had to be UK based. Um, that was really important to me because uh, my little brother has Down syndrome, and it was really important for him to be able to come to part of it. But obviously, it wouldn't have really worked for us to go on what is the now traditional sort of lads weekend in. Bavaria or somewhere like that so it had to be UK based so Sam could come for a few for you know for part of it and if it was going to be UK based it was always always going to be based around um, around get, uh, you know cramming in a, a, a swimming away game so the fi- I, I mean I love fixture release day but fixture release day in June 2016 was particularly important and uh, look so, some would say some would say we, we got the luck of the draw some would <laughs> Um, some some may argue against that, but yeah, it turned out to be Fleetwood away as being the only game that really lined up. So it was it was a a long weekend in Manchester with a with a trip from Manchester to Fleetwood um, on the Saturday, which you, you which you know you look at it on a map and that makes complete sense. And then you try and use the the, the public transport network in in the UK and it, it doesn't make complete sense at all. It's complete pain in the ass. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. But yeah, in, in in true stag style, it was um, head to toe, uh, full full kit. You know what, um, Oxford uh, fan player. Um, there were so many surreal moments from that weekend and that day. But you know, walking into the away end and having the whole away end, you know, chanting obscenities at me will 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 live with me forever. Um, I know enough people who follow this club home and away for them to know that it was it was only ever in good nature. But boy, they certainly didn't let me off the hook. Um, <laughs> it was made to do made to do press ups and shuttle runs in front of the away end, which I think 
got covered in the ad for the match report, which is a, a real a real highlight of my life. Were there were there any relics from the eighties that wanted to deck you because they thought that you were like a real Oxford fan or something? Do you know what? There, I, look, there is there is a very vicious rumor that there was an altercation between someone of my in my party and someone who didn't take it didn't take particularly well to me wearing an Oxford <laughs> shirt for game in the bathrooms at, at half time, but. I can't confirm or deny those rumours because I wasn't there. <laughs> okay, then. So th- let's move on from that. Um, so let's talk about watching Swindon. So what what have been the standout games that you've attended, happiest moments following Swindon Town? Um, yeah, I sort of, look, you sort of covered it off when you say that I've got a real penchant for the away day. Um, so, so for me... All of my all of my high points following the club are almost sort of or they're all off pitch based and they're sort of in two emotional camps. It's either really sort of special time for me and my dad because most of the time it was just the two of us um, that you know that were, that were that were going to ridiculous away games. I remember the Boston away or whatever. Um, so you've got those sort of really specific memories, and then you've just got the big away days. Yeah, you think back to the playoffs, um, the, the 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 tragedy at the with Dean. And and everything that went with that was 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 a real standout moment, a brilliant day, but obviously a devastating devastating result. But you can't really sort of overlook that as being a real standout moment. Um, and then yeah, I think I guess you just, you sort of just look back at, at really good days out as opposed as opposed to to really really good wins. Um, you know, London, London away days hold a special place in my heart. Leighton Orient last season was absolutely fantastic, probably one of the best away days we've ever had. In fact, last last year, last season, I think I think will grow in my fondness for last season will grow as over, over the next couple of years as we start sort of reminiscing about it, and hopefully it's it's not a high point in a in a low decade. Um, and that, you know, hopefully we can we can have a few more good seasons, but. Yeah, it's much more for me about those rare occasions where I can be and say nine of my friends to come with me, um, <laughs> and, and when we and we and we when we make a good day of it, and, and it's and it's it's it, it's everything that you want it to be. It's not just the ninety minutes in the middle, which which more often than not just get in the way of the day, if you ask me. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I do agree on the on the away front, and sometimes as soon as you step out the door, you know it's going to be a good day or not. It's, it's really weird, you know, you, you know that the elements, are, I, that's why in like the tail end of the season when the sort of, it's it, at midday you're in some far off sort of part of the England looking for a pub or looking for the pub you're allowed to go into and suddenly you start seeing like the Swindon shirts and you're like, oh, it's going to be good. And then you sort of drag yourself out of the pub, um, regardless of how much you've had to drink to to make your way to the away end and that's where you sort of sober up, isn't it? And then, and yeah, then quite quickly, again. more often than not. Yeah, well, yeah, quite. <laughs> no, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun looking back at this eleven, and we, you know, we'll come on to who, who's in it and why this this game particularly stands out. But I always, I always sort of really enjoy going to Walsall away. I don't know why that, that particularly, but you know, we always see, we always take a decent crowd up there, and relatively easy to get to. We seem to have a pretty good record up there, and. You know, there's just there's just random away games like 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 the game that we'll cover off in, when we do the eleven when we went up there under Sturrock, um, beat them two 0 just before Christmas. And it, you just as you said, you just know it's going to be a great day, right? Um, yeah. My my girlfriend at the time dumped me that day oh. um, or that oh. evening because she figured out that um, 
she didn't want to travel the country watching Swindon as an 18-year-old girl, which I just still to this day don't understand. Um, no. What's she up to now? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> hasn't, been a fleeting, hasn't been a fleeting thought, to be honest. Um, it was a long time ago. But, yeah, you know, so it, it was always just something really important to me. Like, you know, those away days. I remember one, one trip to Hereford. Uh, must have been around the same era. Um where you know you just don't know how these days play out and and for some for some reason the police presence was ridiculous and the trains were were just absolutely rammed and we sold it out and it was just one of those days where everything went perfect couldn't tell you the result looking back but i could tell you um you know which one of my the group of people i was traveling with ended up spending 200 pound behind the bar because he was so drunk he bought the whole pub a a, a, a shot of whiskey, but I couldn't tell you who scored or what was what the score was. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm a sort of real sort of fifty fifty case where I am football obsessed. I watch everything. Um, I I love to dabble in a bit of tactics and a bit of data and and re, you know work worked in it for years and years and years. But um, on on a Saturday away game, I, I, I completely regressed to, to not even to not even remembering the score half the time. So. <laughs> um, yeah, my way days go very, very, very one way or the other. And then before we get to the lineup, then let's get some mentions for the players that you do worship from Swindon history that aren't in this list because they're not homegrown players. Who who are the all time Terry favourites? Yeah, it's funny, wasn't it? Because we had a chat yesterday very briefly about about um, about goalkeepers, and uh, you know, obviously with 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 the situation that we've got currently going on. Um, Growing up, I was a goalkeeper. I played at half decent sort of Saturday league level and trials and schoolboy and whatever. Um, and so Fraser Digby was was a huge sort of childhood hero. My 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 absolute sort of idol when I was um, in that really impressionable age, eight, nine, ten. Got the goalkeeper shirt every year and all, and all of that. But then on reflection, I think Wes is is the best goalkeeper I I can genuinely remember seeing for us. So I think I put. You know, I put Diggers and, and Wes as being sort of two of my favourite favourite sort of um, players or, or players that sort of really, really stand out to me. And then I just love, I don't know, I, I, I tend, I, I, I try and be a little bit contrary sometimes and and, and and fight for the underdog and stuff like that. But I think with favourite players, you just got to go for the big hitters. Right? Charlie Austin was just absolutely just a, a phenomenal player to watch week in, week out. Um I think I think I, I I will defend Yasser Kasim like until I die. I think like like that team was incredible, and he was just he was just so I, I, there was just something about him that was so enjoyable to watch. Um, absolutely loved watching him, and you know if if you if you want to go back a little bit further, um, you know. You, you can't you can't sort of overlook overlook that that Parkin Mooney combination and, and the great that the great season that they that they really delivered for us. Um, Jonathan Douglas again. I think if you I always look back and think who are the standout teams and then who did I really rate in that team? And you know Jonathan Douglas and Alan McCormack. I'd put both in the sort of I don't think they're underrated as such, but they, they they're not the headline grabbers. But they were the they were the real turning points or, or real engines for. For two of two of the best seasons that I've had watching this club, so they they would definitely get an honourable mention. And then if you want to bring it right to the modern day, right? People might pick pick up on this when I do like the 
there are view pods and stuff, but like I am a massive, massive fan of DJ. I think he's he I can't overstate how highly I rate him. I think he's the technically the best player we've had for a very long time. And I just pray that we sort of get through get through this period we're in, get through COVID, you know, for bigger reasons than, than DJ's career. But you know, um I, I I honestly think his ceiling is so high and I've just I'm just I just really pray that he has a good couple of years with us and goes on and achieves everything that I think he can because I love watching him. Like last year, I just loved watching him. Just massive, massive fan of him. I know it's not what I should say, but if we were having a good season this year, we would have made an absolute fortune off DJ. Yeah, I, I called it out in our in our preseason pod, right? Like, I, I stand by it. I think that he, if we get through this year and somehow manage to stay up, um, and we have a, you know, we we times are slightly more normal next season. I still stand by the fact he could go on to be our record sale. Um, when you look at the way the prices have gone in football. All it takes is for him to have a good season next year and for us to have our have a relatively good season and he's a two and a half million pound player. I I think he I rate him so highly. I just hope that timing wise it's it's gonna work out for him and and um and he, he has a really good couple of years with us and then and then we get our money and he gets his move. It goes one off and it's squeezed over the line. Kevin Horlock. You're listening to the Low Strangers podcast, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Come on, Swindon! <laughs> so let's talk about your 11. So as we've already mentioned, this is a homegrown 11. Now I'm going to say what I think I've interpreted as the criteria for this. Um, these aren't Swindonians. Uh, these are players that have played in the Swindon Town youth team and then gone on to play for Swindon and done okay beyond that. Is that is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. Um, got, had, to, had to have made a, a, a senior appearance. So it rules out um, like Jaden Bogle, for example, who I guess you could argue would, if you look at it purely at career, would be on this list. Um, but have to make a senior appearance. I've had to have seen them play, um, which, which was bad news for Paul Rideout because I missed his... Uh, second stint with us by a season or two, um, even though he's probably one of our greatest ever products. Um, and yeah, they've had to have come through, come through the ranks with us, which, you know, I was, I was furiously using um, uh, Rich Banyard's amazing site, um, trying to verify at what point we signed Kevin Horlock and Ty Gooden. Um, <laughs> and, and they both unfortunately miss out, despite the fact that, you know, they, they, they they are. They never really played for anybody else before us, but um, but they they did. They weren't YTS with us. We we did sign them upon release from from. Um, well, certainly Kevin Horlock we signed upon release from from uh, West Ham, and and Ty obviously came in from Wickham when he was released from there. And then you're also looking at players like Ben Gladwin and Charlie Austin, who, to all intents and purposes, hadn't played senior football or certainly league football before coming to us. But again, I don't consider them as as, as being sort of products of our of our youth system so so again they miss out unfortunately were there any others yeah i mean we've we've i've sort of got a um i haven't got a 2021 bench of nine i've probably got like a 2011 bench of five um but yeah i think um mustafa carriol was an interesting name that, that that i was reminded of um who 
sort of followed Paul Lintz around for a bit and ended up having a half decent championship career, having done nothing for us. Um, Callum Kennedy was in a straight shootout uh, at left back, but but missed out. And um, you know, Big Ben Toza d- didn't didn't make the cut either, despite the fact he's gone on to have a pretty good league career. And, and from what we understand, made us a half decent chunk of change at the time as well. So, yeah, I think they were the three that definitely that was absolutely no no doubt that they're 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 not our products, but they've they've missed the cut, um, but not not by much. No. Okay. Well, let's let's go in the order that you gave me in terms of the list. We'll start in goal. Uh, Nineteen ninety five to two thousand and one. Only thirty eight appearances for Swindon, but he got the Player of the Year award in two thousand and one. He went on to have an impressive career: four hundred and eighty seven professional games with Notts County, Oldham, Grimsby, Yeovil, Southend, Millwall, Scunthorpe, and finishing with arguably his best spell in his career with Bristol Rovers, where he helped them get out of non-league. Can't help but put a dig in there. It's our current goalkeeper coach, Steve Mildenhall. Yeah, this was this was the uh, this was the easiest selection of a lot, I think. If, if you asked any Sunderland fans to, to put together a homegrown 11, they're always going to have um, Mildy in goal, aren't they? Um, I, I love the fact he's, he's come back to us as well. And I think, you know, in all the turmoil, he, all the turmoil of the last few months, he's he's almost sort of our our one um, our one steady Eddie, our one guy that we can count on. And and you know, I honestly think the club could be sold tomorrow, and and we could we could bring in any manager going, and Steve Mildenhall would still be there, and hopefully, will be here for a very long time. Um, really, really took me took me back when I was looking into this. He only made. 30, 35, uh, 34 starts for us. Um, and of course, you know, as the story goes, he met, you know, on his debut, the quote is story of on his debut away at Pompey, um, on his league debut away at Pompey, you know, got man of the match, we were on top of the league. He had, he had his uh, very unfortunate um, injury that, that I think, I think we all know about, but obviously we all forget that that wasn't his, um, that wasn't his league debut at all. Um, his his league debut was actually the season before away at Tranmere, oh, yeah. where he came on up front, <laughs> <laughs> which just which just gets completely glossed over. Like I completely forgot that this happened, um, and I've, I I cannot for the life of me remember the context of why it happened. But um, yeah, <laughs> making your league debut away at Tranmere, eighty uh, sixth minute sub for for Kevin Watson um, <laughs> was. I mean, God only knows what 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 we were thinking at the time, or, or what impact he had. But he certainly didn't uh, didn't help out because we still went on to win to, to lose the game too well. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, he just he just he just that 2000 2001 season where he sort of really broke through um, second half of that season and, and uh, was phenomenal for us in a in a not very good team. And then we had the whole we had the whole sort of weird contract situation, didn't we? Where he initially wasn't signing a new deal and then and then did and everyone was really happy that you know well, despite the fact he'd been linked with a lot of a lot with him really heavily with a move away he signed his new deal and then 24 hours later we sold him um to Notts County so you know a bit of a bit of a strange departure but um always got a always got a nice uh, reception when he came back at the start of the game and an even, even nicer reception after every game he came back because we used to, we just, we seemed to stick four or five past him every time he came home. I felt sorry for him. Um, 
that every time he rocked up at the county ground in a shirt that wasn't a Swindon shirt, I, I don't think he had a stinker. I just think we just it probably only happened two or three times, but the narrative is that we just used to pump him no matter no matter who he was playing for. They just used to get pumped every time they turn up. Yeah, there was there was a, I think there was a four nil and a five nil back to back, and then a, a little while later there was a three nil. He did sort of play for teams that we had good records against, and you know I, when we did the live show with um with the, uh, the supporters club and Steve was on with with Noel Hunt and uh, Richie Wellens. One, I did show him footage from that Tramier game. Two, we showed the highlights of the Portsmouth incident. And three, we showed him conceding five goals in a game as well. Just, you know, I, I can't help but think we were overly harsh to him that evening, but <laughs> always worth a reminder. But very good. And I've got no doubt in my mind, had he stayed, I don't think there would have been much difference in where Swindon would have went. I think he could have become a very long-serving member of Swindon Town squad had he decided to stay? Yeah, I don't I, I don't think it would have changed our trajectory. And I, I just think he, he would have... I don't see any reason why he wouldn't have been our number one keeper for that for that whole generation, right? Because mm. you look at the post-Mildenhall era, we, we, we chopped and changed a lot over, over, the last, over the next four, five, six seasons while he went on to have a, rel- you know, rel- a really solid lower league career. So, yeah, I'm sure... He, he made the right decision for him at the time and if he had stayed I don't think it would have changed a great deal for, for, for us but I think he would have perhaps quite easily racked up three or four hundred appearances which in this in this day and age is sort of you know increasingly rare now it's very rare that you get that with one and two year deals all over the place and as soon as you have a good season there's there's someone there waiting to pay you a couple hundred quid a week more and off you go Okay well let's move on to left back then so this left back played 130 times for Swindon and then went on to play 243 professional games elsewhere, predominantly with Luton. Uh, but he also had a spell with MK Dons before dropping into non-league with Kettering. Before anyone wonders, 36 yellow cards and three red cards during his Swindon Town career, it's Sol Davis. Yeah, and it's that last stat that matters, isn't it, really? I mean, that's 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 what we all remember about him. Uh, just, just the... the... The toughest, like the hardest, toughest tackler I've ever, I've ever seen play for us. I think, and you know, if you if you were to if you were to pull together a shit house eleven, which I'm surprised no one's done yet, um, you would definitely have him in, in, in a left, left left back of that side as well for sure. Like he was an absolute warrior, wasn't he? Um, again, I was surprised when I was doing research. Like I was surprised he he played that many times for us in my head. Um, you know, he came through. He had a, a couple of good seasons, and and he, and he got his move, but. Um, you know, he broke through in the ninety-seven, ninety-eight season, and then and then had sort of four seasons with us. Over over a hundred uh, over a hundred starts for us as a as a as an, as an academy graduate. There can't be many in this team who um who who've got more than that. So yeah, look, I think um again he played for us in a pretty dark period, but but he was someone who um who I think the, the the fans just really needed someone to get behind and he was that person. Um, as I said, Swindon, a Swindon product and maybe not the most talented, but certainly you could never question his uh, his commitment or, or certainly his strength in the tackle. Um, you know, he got his move and uh, he went on to have a relatively decent career at Luton. And then, and then obviously um, he had his, he had his health issues at the back end of his career. Um, but I'll always look back and look back on him and just think, you know, as a kid coming through at left back, just just 
I almost feel like that's how I would be if I if I was ever good enough to be a footballer. Like, and I came through a swim, and I would just I would just run around and kick people until the fans. Yeah. That's 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 all yeah. what we did, which is which is why which is why I sort of look back on him so fondly. Goal scorers and reducers. That's all we're interested in when we're kids, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> right, let's move into the centre of defence. Um, this first one played for Swindon between 2008-2011. Came in from another youth team, but did play youth football for Swindon. 60 appearances for Swindon, and then went on to 335 pro games elsewhere, and that is still rising. He played for Southend, Reading, Huddersfield and Cardiff, where he's played a bucket ton, including 50 games in the Premier League with Cardiff and Reading. It's Sean Morrison. Lovely chap. Yeah, I, yeah, one of my favourite podcasts as well, Rich, that you've done. Absolutely loved it. I think um, <laughs> he's, um, he's got a bit of a... He's got a bit of a reputation in the wider football <laughs> football sphere. I think there was an unfortunate <laughs> incident, wasn't there, um, on social between him and I think it was a couple of Derby players, wasn't it? Um, but you know what? To me, he just he 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 just seems like an absolute laugh. And I think um, I think when we go through this, I think I, I think I'd give Sean Morrison the armband in this team. Um, I think he's probably been our our most high profile and our most successful uh, academy graduate that we've had in, in in my time of watching us. If you if you judge him on on his career post Swindon and. Um, I just remember him coming through and just just being super excited by by him. He was he, he just seemed to have everything everything about him to be to be a fantastic centre half for us. And um, you know to make fifty odd appearances before his twentieth birthday um, at centre half that's that's rare, right? You don't you don't tend to get uh, kids coming through at centre half and having an impact really early on. Um, I'll always remember the the his last goal for us was was away at Charlton in that um, live on TV, our best performance of the season. Um, as we always, you know, we we tend to um, we tend to do quite well at Charlton in in seasons where we get relegated. Um, I'm not saying anything about the fixture <laughs> in two weeks' time, <laughs> um, but you know, like I I remember that that game and. And that was his last goal for us, and he got his move, and, and off, off he went to Reading for for his release for his release fee. Um, at the time, I don't think that move was particularly well heralded by by the the hierarchy at the club, um, and it looked like it wasn't going to work out particularly well for him initially. And then he sort of found his feet out on loan, didn't he? And then mm. you know the move to Cardiff has really been the making of him. He's he's played hundreds of games down there. And, Still, still doing it week in, week out at the ch- at championship level, which is, um, you know, fair play to him. Um, but yeah, it just, I, I just, I love, I, I just love this podcast. He just seems like an absolute riot. If <laughs> he just, um, I'm sure he's settled down now. But I'm, some of his stories, the stories he was able to tell were, were entertaining Jeez. enough. So I can only consider the stories that he, I can only imagine the stories he wasn't able to share. I, I would agree with that totally. And I mean, a lot of people, when we talk about 2010-11, a lot of people say if Charlie Austin stays and stays fit, Swindon stay up. If Sean Morrison stays and plays throughout the season at the back, do, do we stay up? He was he arguably as important to that side as Austin. You know, I think they were, they were our two crown jewels. Um, and we, we lost them both, didn't we, in that, in that January? So... Um, I, I think I think they were as important as each other. I don't think it's as simple as as 
Austin stays, we stay up. I think it, doesn't, it didn't fix the issue. It wouldn't have helped the issue at the other end. And Morrison was just just coming into his own. He was he was he he had a really good sort of winter period, and you know highlighted with that um, highlighted with that that win at Charlton. Um, and yeah, you know, off off he went that January, and, and it was um, it, it was a real shame. I who who knows? Look, looking back, would we have stayed up? I don't know, but I would put him as important as Austin in that January in terms of departures. John Paul McGovern on set piece duty. Morrison reaches it. That is a wonderful header, and that may just have sealed the game for Swindon Town, who once again. The next centre-back then played 81 times for Swindon over two spells. The first one between 1990 and 1995, and then the other one during the 2003 and 2004 season. Then went on to, or did play, 362 pro games elsewhere with Reading, Barnsley, Walsall, Oxford and Kidderminster before non-league with Oldershot and Sirencester. The latter, where he started an impressive coaching career that took him through to a very successful nine-year stint in the Chelsea Academy setup. He's now assistant manager of Coventry. It's AD Vivash. Yeah, funny one, AD. Like when I was trying <laughs> with the greatest respect to him, this was this was the last sort of slot that I, that I managed to fill in. And, and it was a bit of a straight shoot between him and him and Ben Toza. But I think on reflection, AD's gone on to, gone on to have a, a better career than Ben's had so far. Um I don't really remember much about him from his first period, and I think I think too often we 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 judge Ad Vivash by a second by a second stint for us, which was which was a matter of you know thirteen fourteen games under Andy King, um, as a, as opposed to the the seventy or eighty that he had in in his first stint with us before before he he got his move. So, um, you know. No, he's he's not he's not the 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 jewel the jewel in this team, but he he's still someone who is Swindon born, came through, went on to have a very good league career, and 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 almost even more impressive um, uh, coaching career afterwards, right? Um, and I routinely tell him for the Swindon job every time it comes up, so I look forward to doing the same again in the coming years. <laughs> yeah, I, I generally thought that he might have stood a chance at one point in one of the recent cycles, not necessarily post-Wellens one, maybe post-Williams. I can't remember, but there was one where he was linked strongly. But when I spoke to him, he was pretty coy about it. I don't think he's interested in it, to be honest, um, you know, by our discussion. When you're an elite-level coach, which he is, he he, he was... You know, at Chelsea, he was even an elite level coach first. He's 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 now sort of progressed to being an assistant manager. I think there's just a lot of people in that role who who see the the risk of being a the, the head the the head that's on the chopping block, um, and, and they don't need that, right? So, um, just you don't need that. You can you can worst thing worst comes to worst, Robbins goes, and either he does he takes over caretaker or he goes as well and picks up a, another really good coaching job. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I sort of get that. I think the other thing, you know, we can't talk about AD Vive action without talking about the, um, the infamous back three that we, that we played with Vivash Hayward and Reeves um, <laughs> and Andy King coming out and saying that he would never play the three of them again. And, and that was sort of the end of um, AD's, AD's second stint with us. Um, we sort of got, 
Sean O'Hanlon came in, he got shipped out to, to Kidderminster and, and sort of dwindled from there, really. It's a really unfortunate book-ended career with Swindon that he has because, of course, his debut under Ozzy Ardiles was infamous because he came on and was subbed off again. Um, that story is in, in, in the episode that I did with, with him. And then it ended the way it did under Andy King as well. But a magnificent career. I mean, he is, he is a Walsall legend, you know, so he's had a great career. He was a part of that pain in the backside, red inside from the early 2000s, where most of them ended up either playing for Swindon later with Sammy Igo and players like that. But yeah, I agree. Right back then. 2010 to 2017, 187 appearances for Swindon and thus far has played 112 times elsewhere for Portsmouth and Peterborough. It's Nathan Thompson. Yeah, I just, um, look, you know, we'll go, we'll go on to the midfield and, and, and people won't be surprised to hear that, that uh, both Nathan and Louis are in my team. I, he, he, he just, um, I just loved watching Nathan play. He, he genuinely comes across as one of the nicest guys in football I met him a couple of times most notably on the way home from the um, Sheffield United away semi-final um, met him and his brother in the in the services coming back they, for whatever reason they, they weren't travelling with the team um, and and just just the nicest the nicest guy in, in football that, that I've met and you know happily sit, sit stand and have a chat with us for as long as we wanted and, and, and whatever and my memories of Nathan is that he had a bit of a chopsy start and it was really sort of touch and go whether he would actually go on and do anything for us. Um, I guess particularly under uh, particularly under De Canio and um, it was it was real sort of he was there for a long time but didn't really play uh, didn't really play a lot of games um, until his sort of breakout season of twelve thirteen. Um and that's when we really started progressing and obviously he then became a really important part of the side. That, that very, very, very nearly got us to um, uh, got us to the championship. And um, again, you don't you don't want to you don't want to highlight the negatives, but that that pre- that Preston playoff, um, he was probably his own worst enemy. And I, I think I think we all know it. And I think one day I'd love you know when he's retired or whatever, I'm sure we'll get him on and, and hear his side of the story. Um, but um, yeah, look, I I think. I, I'm really surprised he has not managed to make the step up to the championship. You know, people talk about the gap between the, the the championship and the Premier League and how there's players who live in that gap. Like Cameron Jerome lived in that gap for like five years. Like terrible Premier League player, but too good for the championship. Um, Patrick Bamford's done the same until this season. I almost put like Nathan Thompson in the same gap between League One and the championship. Um and I, I'm really, I am genuinely surprised that he's, that he's never really been given a fair crack. But I think it's um, a credit to him that he's that he's doing really, really well at, at, at Peterborough. He did really well at, at Posh, at, at, um, Pompey, sorry. And they, they, you know, they were sad to see him go. He's in his second season at Peterborough and doing really well for them now. Um, there's talk of him signing a new deal there and, and going into his third and fourth, third or third and fourth campaigns with them over the coming years. Um, but that's a that's a really really solid top end League One career that he's that he's put together for himself. And it's just a shame that he's it's never worked out for him to get a crack at the championship. Because I think he's probably probably good enough if if he can if he can eradicate the the, the injuries that that seem to disrupt him so often. 
Yeah, I think I think Bristol City would have given him a contract when he when he turned up on trial there. Obviously, Luke Williams was there also, and their fans um, complaining put an end to that pretty swiftly. But yeah, I, I would love to talk to Nathan Thompson for all the things that you mentioned there because I got to be honest the decision to play him at Preston, and I've said this on the podcast many a time, but it did taint it. I mean, this is a guy that won back-to-back Player of the Season awards. I think only Fraser and and maybe Sean Taylor did that before then, you know, and he, he was he was really, really phenomenal. You can tell he was, he was well up for it, and I think he even left, you know, reluctantly, um, but definitely, uh, definitely deserves his place in this eleven. Yeah, and we can't we can't talk about Nathan Thompson without mentioning the Thompson flop either. You know, it's it's very rare that a player leaves leaves a, a legacy as uh, as powerful and as lasting as the Thompson flop. I saw him do it at Supermarine in a friendly that got us a penalty. Unbelievable! No need. <laughs> no need. Unfortunately, I remember seeing him do it at Yeovil and get sent off for a, was it second jello <laughs> for handball. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the spectrum of the Thompson flop. Well, <laughs> exactly. Let's let's uh let's let's move to the other Thompson then. So in the centre midfield, you've got Louis Thompson, who played for us, you know, about a million times. Um, 2011, 2014, then 2014, 15, then 15, 16, and then 16 again with loan renewals. 107 appearances over those spells. I swear he's played. A criminally low 48 pro appearances with Norwich City, uh, Shrewsbury Town and currently on loan at MK Dons. Louis Thompson, very much a what could have been player. Very much a what could have been player. Yeah, I think you're right, Rich. I think, I think you know, on reflection, we got the best of him, which is which is rare for us. We we don't tend to get the best of players. Um, um and I, I get all of his spells with us really mixed up, so I'm sure there's factual errors in, in what I'm going to say. But um, the general consensus is that, you know, I always remember when Nathan was coming through, the, the, the narrative was always, but his brother's even better. And that was always the thing that was quoted, right? And he he broke through as, what, a 17, 18-year-old? And, and he was, he just seemed to be everywhere all the time. I think that that's the one thing I recall from watching him play. It was just... He, he, his mobility and his engine was just was just like nothing I'd ever seen before, and then and then obviously he had the quality on the ball as well. But <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> he um, again super nice guy, um, has a great sort of fondness for the club. Loved the fact that he came back to us on loan a couple of times and always had a good impact. Um, loved his work rate and his ability and. You know, I guess I guess we'll always just look back and think if he hadn't had his move, how would have how would have his career panned out? You know, perhaps it, it's the same stop start issue that he that, that, that he's faced, but at least this this way he's financially secure. The flip side of that coin is he doesn't pick up his injuries and and um, he goes on to 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 rack up hundreds and hundreds of appearances for us. But look, uh, over a hundred appearances for us, you're not going to sniff at. Um, Especially considering he, you know, we we made a tidy sum out of him when he couldn't have been much older than much older than nineteen or twenty when we when we sold him. So, yeah, um, loved watching him play. Loved loved his his commitment and his energy. And and obviously the only the the other thing you can't sort of you can't not mention when um, talking about both of them together is just their bond on the pitch. I just you know, it was almost like it was almost like watching. 
people live out a dream right right in front of you um when one of them gets in a scrap the other one would be right there when one of them scores the other one would would be right there celebrating even if they weren't on the pitch <laughs> you know even sat on the bench they'd, they'd they'd find a way and um yeah i just lo- love that <clears throat> that sort of typified the the uh camaraderie in the team spirit um and i think that sort of rubbed off on a lot you know i can only imagine that did but that, that seemed to rub off on a lot of um uh, a lot of the other players around them and, and really sort of galvanised us at, at, at really key times when we were pushing for promotion or, or battling for survival. Just, just, just completely sort of they were the most important two players at the club, not for their ability, but for the way they typified everything, everything about our club and, and what it meant to, to to play for us. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on from the Thompsons now, and <laughs> um. We'll move to the next central midfielder who played for Swindon between 2003 and 2009, making 126 appearances for town. And then he went on to 69 pro games for Cheltenham before a long career in non-league with Brackley, Maidenhead, Forest Green Rovers, Oxford City, Hungerford, Chippenham, Norfleet and Sirencester. It's Michael Pook. Michael Pook. Now, look, I... It's it's easy to 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 say that um, um, any any player who comes through and plays over a hundred times in the last decade, there's not loads of them, right? So of course Michael Poo is going to be in there, and yeah, it still felt controversial putting him in because I just remember like he was he was scapegoated constantly by our fans, and I'm almost sort of like put this team together knowing that he would be scapegoated if this team ever you know <laughs> ever played, it would be, everything would be Pook's fault. Um, Everything was always Pook's fault. That's just that's just the way it was. And and look, I think if he what if he I don't know what it was. If he hadn't have come through the club, would he have been given less of a chance, or would he be given more of a chance? If that makes sense. Like if he was as bad as half our fan base would like to make out, he would have he should have only played twenty or thirty times for us, and he'd have been shipped out. So was he given more room for manoeuvre um, because because he came through as a as an academy product or, or actually did it work the flip side of that and you know if we'd have signed a kid at, at nineteen twenty and he went on to have the career he did have with us we'd look back pretty fondly on him I think um, so look yeah you, you don't play 120 130 games a centre mid for us in league, league one and league two without without having something about you and, um, for me he was he was always a trier um, could never doubt his commitment he didn't have the most ability but um but yeah, I think I think he got a bit of a a bit of a bad uh, a bad ride for for whatever reason. I think that's sometimes sometimes that's just the way it goes. Um, and you know, I, I I for some reason the trip to Boston and us winning there three one. Michael Boot scored a volley, uh, great goal. That that for some reason there's something about that away game that just stands out in my mind when I look back at that whole sort of period. So I guess he'll have a special place in in uh, in my memory for that for that as well. Yeah, Andy King, Ifia Nora, Dennis Wise, Paul Sturrock, Morris Malpass, you know, they all they all gave him plenty of games. It wasn't until Danny Wilson where where he he wasn't fancied at at, at some point. Um certainly tail end of his career he was getting less games but I, I'm inclined to agree with with Michael Pook and I I tried to ask him about it and he you know he was quite you know, um, diplomatic about it because I remember through just following Swindon on on sort of 
the town end forum at the time before the rest of social media was really kicking on that you would have thought he was just the most awful footballer ever to grace the game and like I, again i just think he got himself right because he came, because he knew too many people who or, or knew or, or too many people knew of him off the field and he had too many connections to oh you know my 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 brother was in his year at school and he was a he, he did this and he he was this and like I just think it's hard sometimes for play for, for players to come through, and and they're obviously of of the same age as you know the most ardent football fans tend to be in terms of travelling home and away tend to be you know eighteen to twenty five or just old people. So if you look at vocal people on the on the internet, it's going to be the people who have some link to him, and and I, I think that's probably what what his undoing was. If he if he as I said, if we'd have bought him as a nineteen year old or eighteen year old, and he had degree habits, we'd look back on him more fondly than than we perhaps do and I think that's purely because he was a local boy and too many people knew of knew of him or or had heard stuff and most of which was probably completely not true yeah okay well we'll move on to what I'm interpreting is an attacking left midfield position played for Swindon between 2010 and 2012 a mere and sad really because I really rated this guy 16 appearances for Swindon but he's gone on to much better things playing 253 pro games elsewhere thus far with crew Torquay before that Northampton Bristol Rovers where he enjoyed his best spell and now Preston where I don't know if he's injured or just out of out of the team but it's Billy Bowden yeah Billy Bowden I mean I'd love to think that it's um it's that we can add an and counting at some point to his to his Swindon uh to his Swindon appearances I'd love to see him back I think he's exactly what we need and you know things that things are stuttering for him at Preston, but um, he, you can't sort of begrudge him the fact he's gone on to have a good career for us. And it's such a it was such a strange sort of departure from us, wasn't it? When you look at sort of his ins and outs, and you know the Canio on the one hand was saying he's he's we're not you know we want him, and if if he if we're gonna if he's gonna go, it's gonna be two hundred fifty grand. But on the other hand, punting out on loan to Torquay and 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 uh, and crew, um, and I, I guess I guess we'll never know. In my in my head, he's just he's just a casualty of the Decanio era, and but I, we 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 we, <laughs> we both have jobs, and I think if I went on to talk about my full opinions on on the Decanio era, we'd be here for a very long time. But unfortunately, there was. Some collateral damage from 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 all the memories that the Decanio gave us, and all the and, and the and the perceived success that Decanio gave us. There was collateral damage, and I think Billy and and his dad were were, were two of those were two, were two of those people who were damaged from the Decanio era. And we'll never know how things would have played out. But you know, at the end of the day, he Swindon born. He grew up a Swindon fan. He came through our our club, and he gave he he was super exciting when he came through. Um, scored a couple of goals for us, all pretty well taken. You know that that volley against Crawley, um, against Steve Evans Crawley, it was was one hell of a goal. And yeah, I just I just would love would love to have been in a parallel universe where he was where, where things worked out better for him at, at our club. But you know he went away and he proved himself. He had a good sort of League Two career, got his move to Bristol Rovers, and then you know got moved up front and seemed to um, hit the weights, as they like to say. Um, and then got his move to Preston and, and fair play to him. He's, he, he's, 
whether or not he's doing particularly well at pressing or not is is by the by really he got that move to the championship club and that's that's life changing you know league two league two to championship or league one to the championship is a life changing move now um and, and I just hope that he he's he's well and he's fit and if he's not featuring for Preston, he get he gets out on loan and, and and starts getting games under his belt again. And I'd love it to be here; would absolutely love it. Yeah, Billy Bowden to me is for people of our generation. When you saw his name appearing in like the under eighteen match reports on the website at the time, you you saw Bowden and you just wanted him to kick on. And then it turned out he was very very good as as well, and he was good when playing for Swindon Seniors. And then it all just went. I mean, you know, it's it's a pointless sort of thing to, for me to say. But if what happened to Billy and Paul happened in the current climate, what would fans? How would fans have reacted to that? I think that I think the the manager and the owners at the time got off lightly with what happened to the Bodins during that time. Oh God, yeah. I mean, look, it would be carnage if that happened right now, right? Like we've. You only need to read the STFC hashtag to see to to, to see some of the uh, some of the outrage that's been caused by a steward retiring to know um, what would what would what would happen if we if we sort of set fire to the legacy of a club legend like Paul Boding and at the same time bombed out our our most high high profile valuable youth academy um, graduate and his son at the same you know it, it would just be carnage if it happened now but as I said it's it's collateral damage from a from, from Decanio's era. And and you never know. One day, hopefully, you can come back and 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 secure a sort of more positive legacy here. If they won, send me off every game. No problem. I will win this league anyway because my team is a strong team. They're world. We play football. Even if they send me off, we win this league. No problem. Let's move on to. Um, I imagine this is attacking midfield. Uh, in a central position, yeah, he's a current player. 2016 to present day, 34 town appearances thus far, plus 24 appearances on loan for Newport in the EFL, plus 24 appearances on loan at Chippenham Town over a couple of spells, and 15 for Waterford over in Ireland. It's Scott Twine. Yeah, <laughs> Look, I can I can already sort of imagine how people are reacting to me putting Scott Twine <laughs> in this, but I think there's a couple of point things to point out here, right? Like if I if I'm not allowed Ty Gooden or Ben Gladwin, then there's a big gap in this um in, in this front three, and I refuse to play anything other than four two three one in any situation. Um, and also I'm sort of hedging my bets here and just just you know producing content that doesn't date. That's very important. When you listen to this in the summer, it'll make complete sense. Complete sense. Um, Scott Twine, to me, he will go on to have a very good football league career. Um, he has the ability and the potential to go on and have a Billy Bowden style career or um, a Louis Thompson style career without the injuries. Hopefully, you know, I, I genuinely, I genuinely think he has the ability to do that. So I'm sort of hedging this, I guess, a little bit. Um, but you know what? Even if he even if he doesn't, I think I think he's shown enough um, to, to to be included in this conversation, and he's he's had an impact at Newport that is strong enough for them to want to sign him sign him permanently. Um, and look, Newport are three spaces below us in the in the football league ladder and would beat us tomorrow if we played them. Although maybe not anymore because they've had five loans record <laughs> in a single day, which puts our uh, January twenty twenty woes into some into some perspective. But um, 
look, he's 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 done very well for a good side uh, in at League Two, and I can't wait to 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 see what he does for us now. And and, and if it all, if it all works out for us, brilliant. If it doesn't work out, then look, there's no doubt in my mind he'll go on and have a good football league career. So, yeah, sort of hedging this. Um, and Miles' story misses out uh, for for squad twine in a in a in a straight shootout. Um, unfortunately, yeah. it the best thing about what what we're experiencing with Scott Twine at the moment, it's just so nice that the club managed to get him out on loan to a EFL team and he played and he performed because it gets so tiresome when players that you think could could go either way in terms of maintaining a career in, in the pro game, people like Tom Smith, I, I suppose. You, you If you send them out to Bath and Chippenham, they end up at Bath and Chippenham and Supermarine. But if you try and get them a gig like Newport and they play well, then suddenly they've got themselves a career. And I, I think there have been a few examples in relation to homegrown players over the years that if we could have just found a side to, to roll the dice on them, they, they could have done really well and then benefited us. But it, it seldom is the case and they end up in the uh, in the other regional side. So, I mean... And I think what, I think you make a really good point. I don't think it's overstating it to say that his the, the, this half season alone has made his career. Like he will go on to have a football league career now because of what he's done in the last sixteen weeks, and only because of what he's done in the last sixteen weeks. Um, and it's so so important. It just shows the value of getting those loan those loan moves to a half decent level or to, or to a really decent level. Um, Scott Twine goes on loan to Chippenham again and. Even if he does do the same thing as he's done at Newport, or even better, you know, score ten goals doesn't matter. You're still gonna if if we release you, you're still you're gonna end up at Chippenham. Like that's just the way life is, and there's enough stories to know that that's what's gonna happen. Um, if 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 for some strange reason we opt not to extend his contract in the summer, and he leaves, he will get at worst he will go back to Newport. Um, at best, God only knows where he ends up. You know, there's talk, there's talk of championship clubs being interested, or, or at least sort of having their having their heads turned. And as I said a minute ago, a, a championship move is life changing. League one or League two to championship is life changing for these for these young lads. Um, get your championship move, go out on loan next season, and 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 the ceiling is it is so much higher, and it all comes down to that move. That, that football league loan and, and that was so important so fair play to all parties fair play to him for doing it most importantly fair play to, to us for getting, for finding him that move and, and fair play to, to Mike Flynn at Newport for identifying what was a very very good signing for them everyone benefits let's move to the right of midfield only two more players left um I mean, the next one is is a big favourite in the Pullen House, 1989 to 1994, and then a cameo in 2005, 135 appearances for Swindon, uh, 412 pro games elsewhere with Man City, Sunderland, Bolton, Nottingham Forest, Leicester, Bradford and Tramier, and the brief spell with Tamworth later, 148 Premier League games, 38 of them with Swindon Town. Who would have thought it? It's Nicky Summerby. Ah, oh, buzzer. I mean, what an absolute, like, just here, absolute hero of mine growing up. But, you know, as I said, Dig, Dig, Digby was my was my number one sort of hero. But behind him, Mickey Hazard and um, and and Nicky Summerby were were right up there. And you know, I guess if when you when you look at this team 
as a whole, I don't think anyone's gone on to have a better career than 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 Buzzer did. Um, he was just phenomenal, wasn't like he, his delivery was incredible. His work rate up and down the right was 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 sort of just unbeatable, really. And and obviously, um, it's very rare that uh, that a Swindon player goes on BBC to break a world record, and and, and Nicky Summerby did that as well. <laughs> hard, hardest shot of all time, or whatever. It yes. Was. <laughs> um, so you know, look, you, you can't you can't break world records for kicking a football really hard and not and not being like a homegrown eleven. That's for sure. And then you know, Rock really went on to have like the, the, as I said, there are very few players who have gone on and had a, a hundred and fifty appearances in the Premier League, having come through at Swindon. And Buzzer did it. So um, great career. Uh, <laughs> that Swan song was a bit weird, but I, I now understand Richard holds an even more special place in your heart. Um, it does. Yeah. It does because recently I have the match worn shirt Nikki Summerby wore for the uh, the the great return against Nottingham Forest, a two one win. Long sleeve, lovely stuff. Yeah, very happy. And, and you know the one thing I didn't realise is that he he actually got a lot closer to international honours than than I than I remember. Um, B wasn't it? One, yeah, one one cap for the infamous England B. Um, but he also scored in the Toulon tournament. Um, uh, yeah, and and um, played in the final, which we uh, which we won against France. Yeah. Um, so you know, as far as high profile. Top flight careers go. I don't think anybody anybody beats um, Nicky Summerley for, for, in terms of academy products in, in my lifetime. I think one B cap in the nineties is equivalent of five full caps in the modern time. I think. Yeah, it's a bit, I mean, yeah, he's had a better international career than Stephen Corker. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Okay, oh man, Nick, Nicky Summerby, what a guy. Okay, the final entry in this 11 is your lone forward up there. 52 appearances for Swindon between, I think, around about 2006, 2007. Um, but an impressive 429 appearances and rising with Everton, Plymouth, Huddersfield, Motherwell, Coventry, uh, Middlesbrough, Bolton, Burnley, and currently at Birmingham. He's played 28 times in the Premier League, but sadly still didn't get that goal. Just a great name, Lukas Jukovic. Uh, I, you know, if there, there's there's three there's three crowns in my jewel, um, and Djokovic is, is 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 the sorry. There's three jewels in my crown in this team, and Djokovic is definitely the 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 third the third jewel. What an what a player! Loved watching him. It just just he. I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've been watching clips back ahead of this, and I remember Djokovic being like this huge 17-year-old, but he really wasn't. I think I just think he was because he's now the size of a small building. Um, it, but, but he actually was really slight. He was he was tall, but you know he was lanky and he was all sort of arms and legs. Um, but it just 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 a, a sort of one of these players that breaks through out of nowhere and. Um, and just has such a big impact for us, and you know, he uh, top scorer in the, in the in the Milk Cup, which is which is always going to be um, which is always going to be enough to get you on the radar of some big clubs, and then and then he uh, he broke through in that Sturrock team, really, didn't he? When um, when when Wise uh, when Wise left, um, and look, I always look back and think he played loads of times for us. He didn't. He he, he only made sort of um, 
16 starts, loads of sub sub appearances for us that season. Um, there's two things I remember about 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 Lucas. One, I am not the sort of person to be in the know or claim to be in the know, but um, I was very much in the know on his on his uh, transfer to Everton for a very obscure reason. Um, and I remember in my sort of uh, excitement of being not only a, a, a 19 year old who with, with who spends too much time on the internet. But also as a budding sports journalist, I was very keen to tell everybody that he was moving to <laughs> very quickly. I very quickly got shut down by some by by, by a few people who uh, politely informed me that I might not want to to uh, jeopardise anything by telling all and sundry that that um, we were we were making a, a million quid or sending into Everton. Um, and then and then obviously you know we the, the pod comes full circle because we we, we uh, go back to that Walsall away game. Um, just before Christmas in 2006. And that was, to me, that was his sort of like explosion, right? It was he, he, before that point, he, he, he nicked a goal here and there. He played in the, in the um, uh, JPT. He was phenomenal. Do you know, this was a really weird period where we were really good in the FA Youth Cup and people actually used to go and watch. Like we, I, we, we, we got knocked out by Newcastle, didn't we? I remember um, Andy Carroll scoring. Um, and I'm pretty. It might have even been around before that that we we thumped Swansea six 0 and there was like genuinely like a four figure attendance for an FA Youth Cup match at, at the County Ground, and he was just phenomenal in that. Um, and then he, you know, he sort of was getting minutes off the bench here and there, and then that Walsall away game, he just waltzed through their their back line, scored with like the utmost of ease, um, and then shook off shook off a centre half. Broke, got hauled down for the penalty um, in, in, in front of the away end, and Wolves were flying at the time, and um, that that was really his sort of explosion. And then, and then obviously the the, the January came along, the deal with Everton was agreed, but not but not sort of happening until the end of the season, and we and we basically wrapped him up in cotton wool for the second half of that season, which is a bit of a regret. I think when you look at thirteen starts or five goals, I'd love to I'd love that to have been a little bit higher, but obviously it was more important that he got his move and. And uh, and we protected him. The other great thing about Lucas is Lucas, of course, is that he gave us one of the great early internet viral sensations of being a Swindon fan as well. With the, um, <laughs> with, the with the Torquay video where they're they're still celebrating their equaliser as um, as, as uh, Lucas puts us two one up. So you know we always have that as well. Yeah, it's it's still brilliant. It goes it goes very much alongside the uh, MK Dons and Cashy Anderson incident. Um, I love, 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 that. love that. I I still watch it every now and again, and sort of bemoan the, the person that videoed it for just not just not letting it because he waited ages for that lethal penalty, and he turns his phone off about ten fifteen seconds too late. I think that's that's one of uh, too soon. I should say. Uh, I think that's probably one of my last memories. When I when I always think of Lucas, I always think of the day we got relegated. Um, where Bristol City, because when I think when we scored, 
Lucas celebrated so animatedly. It was brilliant. You know, he was really up for it, like proper leapt towards the crowd, not into, but leapt towards the crowd, fist pumping. I thought, yeah, go on. Um, and, and I'd always remember that. Um, but yeah, brilliant career as well. I mean, I think he's recently, well, this season he scored his 100th league goal, including his Motherwell spell, which was quite productive. Um, but but a great player. But pray tell, who manages this team? I guess you, you've got options here of uh, Bowden, McLaughlin, Peacock maybe, because they are they are youth managers. I guess, I guess that's what we'll have to go with. Yeah, I think, I mean, who, who knows these players best? I'm, I'm giving it to Budgie. Um, oh yes, the man who gave us Sean Morrison. So yeah, exactly, exactly, and 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 potentially um, uh, Lucas as well. I think um, yeah. So there would have been definitely some crossover there. I think we can't talk about um, uh, Dukey's career without without talking about that spell at Motherwell and that goal. I mean, <sighs> the volley. If you've not seen it, just go and seek it out. I mean, what an absolute screamer that was. Again, ten years later, I think I think he'd have been up for a Pushkas Award, and that'd have been on the FIFA.com website for, for all the sundry to vote. Um, what's an absolute screamer that was! That but was yeah, he. What was the result he, in he that was, game? Uh, wasn't it something? Wasn't, wasn't that like the equaliser in a five-five draw or something? Yeah, definitely something like that. Crazy, crazy game. But yeah, he. he um, I just, I just love watching him, and just wish, just wish we had him for a little bit longer. I think that that'd probably be my only, only regret with him. Um, but following his career super closely, seems seems really popular at Birmingham, and they're they're in a bit of a sticky bit situation at the moment. But he signed a new deal there in the summer. Um, still got a couple of years in him at Championship level, and he, he's had a phenomenal career. Yeah, not even th- you know, still only thirty one. Um, it was six 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 that game was where he scored that absolute but six six the the games that we all wish we went to but never do. Um, yeah, a, a great career, a, a really wrapped up game. So he's obviously stayed fit for all that time. Well, there we go. Budgie leads these guys on into the my eleven league. I wonder who would do so well. I must draw that up. How do you feel after that eleven? I feel good. I, I, do you know what? It was fun. It was fun because there's a couple of guys in there, as I said, who who maybe haven't been given the um, the kudos that that, that that they perhaps deserve. If you just talk about favourite players, you know, players like like Sol Davis, over a hundred appearances for us. But you you know you're never gonna you're never gonna consider him in an all time eleven or even a their team of the decade or whatever. So lovely to give guys like that some credit and um, and also you know reminisce about about some periods of my life where football was very much the most important thing. And I look at particularly um, the Thompson brothers and, and Billy Bowden and Chukulu Show playing at a time where, where, you know, I was I was covering a lot of miles watching this club and, and loving every minute of it. Irrelevant of the result. And it just, for me, it just, um, look, I don't, I, as I said, it probably comes across often when I talk about it. What happens on the pitch isn't, isn't often the most important thing to me. And, Bottom end of League One, top end of League Two. Ultimately, who cares? As long as, as long as we're out there and we're spending time with the people we like spending time with, and the players are, are doing their best, and, and as every single one of these players did for us, then then uh, I'm, I'm not going to moan too much. That's for sure. Lovely stuff. Well, thank you very much, Terry. That was lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. The Low Strangers is a Swindon Town podcast proudly sponsored 
by the STFC Official Supporters Club. The music was created by the great Matthew Kilford and the artwork was designed expertly by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy... Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.